Welcome to the third episode of the Rain Race Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about IndyCar's recent test with the Aero screen, and we're also going to be discussing 2018 IndyCar entries, and we're going to round it all off with a recap of this year's WEC press conference. I'm Chris Aurelio. This is Rain Race. Let's go. I'm joined here alongside my partner in crime, Kyle Cuthbertson, as always. Sup? That's it. Has that been your common yeah. intro for every episode so far? You're just it, like, it's so... been a common intro. It's gonna become a, a saying. It's gonna right. become my catchphrase. Like put on t-shirts. Like, yeah, I was gonna, gonna say t-shirts. put it on t-shirts. It just says www.kylecuthbertson.com/slash/realfanatic15. Did you say sweatshirts.com? I said spreadshirt. Oh, spreadshirt. We're not sponsored, yeah. by the way. I think we have to disclose that. Anyway, uh, 2018 IndyCar. Because you're my IndyCar insider. I kind of need you here for this one. Uh, obviously, the first test with the aero screen was conducted last week at Phoenix International. I'm sorry, ISM Raceway. Um, <laughs> I almost got that wrong. Uh, but uh, Scott Dixon was the driver out testing the car. Um, actually, some decent feedback from him. Uh, I know a lot of people with Vettel and F1 testing a similar concept. Vettel said it made him dizzy, so all eyes for were one lap. Yeah, that's worth noting. Uh, but you went out for one lap. People were. Um, that's testing. People right. were immediately wondering if Dixon would experience the same thing, but really, he didn't have too much negativity to say about it. He did say there were cooling issues, but obviously, they have to do some more R and D with it and implement some cooling sources. But overall, I think that that was a pretty strong test for the uh, Aero Screen. Yeah, I think it really was a a strong, you know, first test for it. Uh, obviously, so, you know, the cooling issues, they were talking about a NACA duck being inducted soon, you know. But really, this was the first prototype. They said the entire, you know, reason for this first prototype was, I mean, there is, there was going to be a second. They knew that from the start. So I think this whole testing process, it's going to, you know, end up being a good thing for them. And hopefully the more this uh, windscreen, I guess you're calling it, windscreen, aero screen, whatever, I guess whatever they're calling it, I think the more testing they do, the, the better it'll get and the more improved it'll be. Because like I said, Vettel went out with their windscreen for one lap. And I mean, the way they had that aero screen, you know, mold shaped, you could kind of tell it would distort an image. Like the, it was it was really long. It's not as tall as the windscreen. If you want an F1 example of what this windscreen that PPG has come up with, the OptiCore, if you want a better example, look at the one that Red Bull did. The one that Red Bull did, it was, you know, more straight up, you know, because the one Vettel did, that really, that looked more, you know, jet fighter canopy like look, you know. So, yeah, you want a good F1 example, look at the Red Bull aero screen, which there was nothing wrong with the Red Bull aero screen. So, yeah, it it definitely looks a lot better than the H-A-L-O, which, I mean, if I say what it, if you know what it is, but if I say it, it'll cause controversy right away. And, yeah. (laughs) Well stated. Well stated. It's for me. Um, in terms of it being implemented this season, uh, certainly won't be implemented by St. Pete. I can almost ninety nine point nine percent guarantee that. Um, IndyCar hasn't really said anything though, have they? Where they said, you know, we plan on having they, it on the cars for Indianapolis or. Yes, I think they've been saying, you know, the initial plan when they first, you know, talked about it. They said maybe like end of 2018, but now I think they're looking at like it's least likely to not be this season, but next season. 
So you did they I think they want to do as much testing as they can, and I think they also know that if they just I don't think they should put it in, you know, midway because that'd be kind of weird. I don't know why that'd be weird, but that's just, I don't know. But I feel like if they put it in midway, that'd be kind of weird. Um, maybe like some practice sessions to test it before the races, like on Fridays, you know. Um, but I don't think it'll be in this season. And I think that's what they've said is that, you know, if it does come in this season, it'll be the end of the season. And if not, probably 2019. And obviously a couple of issues that people have been bringing up. I mean, as much as people hate the Halo, they're still somewhat critical on the um, aero screen. People have been saying uh, water, first of all, rain, which wouldn't be a concern at oval races. But if they plan on having it on the car for the entire season, they do have races in the rain at least once or twice during an IndyCar season. Um, and if not a race, then it's in a practice or qualifying session. But... Um, yeah, I mean, that's going to be a little bit of an issue. If you can coat it with a certain sort of... Um, what's the oleophobic... Rain-X. Yeah, Rain-X oleophobic coating uh, where it sort of whisks the water away. Um, then that'd be cool. Obviously, you'd have to test that in its own, probably some sprinkler testers. I don't even know, but... Um, <laughs> I mean, you want to make sure the driver is safe among all things first before you put it on a car that's going 200 miles an hour in a race. Um, and then also dirt, because dirt isn't, it doesn't behave the same way as water, obviously. So if you got, um, you know, tire marbles thrown up onto it, you know, normally you just have a tear off on your, uh, the um, helmet. But it's not like an LMP car where they can get a windscreen wiper. Um, and they also can't yeah. just take a tear off off their helmet. So it would have to be something, I think, that a pit crew member would take off during a pit stop, which... Kind of like how NASCAR does it, yeah. Yeah, it's... I mean, that'd be a little bit tricky in a way, because if you do get a lot of build-up very quickly, it could change the strategy of the race, because if you can't see, um, that's going to be... Yeah, because we've seen, like, out of the Indy 500, the cars at the end of the race, you know, they... <laughs> They're almost completely black with uh, how much rubber buildup comes up onto the car. So I think that'd probably be the worst is uh, the rubber buildup and those. But I mean, and yeah, I mean, I think a tear off it would work. I think it'd be fine. Yeah, that's... it obviously takes is going to have to take testing. But I still think rain is probably the biggest, like the most high up issue. I think that's probably the highest up there in terms of visibility. Yeah. Um, in terms of safety, you know, we haven't seen any video of this, you know, this new material that PPG has come up with because they said it was different than the materials F1 was testing because F1 came out with their video of how they tested the Halo versus the Aero Screen and the Aero Screen. You know, obviously, it's not going to hold up as good as the Halo because the way it's shaped and the way it's you know built on, because um, the Halo has more strength on the top because it's connected by the sides and whereas you know the windscreen is it's just only connected on the bottom basically so the top of the actual screen the opticore is going to be not as strong as say the halo but the, the it'll do its job and plus if this new material is as strong as you know they're saying it is it should be it should work out fine for anything to go at it you know because they said the halo is like way stronger than it actually needs to be like the just because of you know being completely safe um but 
Oh, I just remembered. I saw. I just said the word Halo. We've created controversy. I was trying to what avoid is this, that. Like yeah, Ohio State fans to Michigan. Like you won't use the letter yeah. M. Yeah. Yeah. I. I at the beginning of the podcast, I I did want to say the H word, but damn it. Um. Anyways, obviously the Halo is gonna be stronger, and you know we need to see this new material in action before we say anything about how strong it is, really. But it is gonna be interesting once they release. You know how strong it actually is. One more Opticore. I looked this up on PPG's site, and Racer had it in their article um, that it's basically like an airplane window, like the stuff that an airplane window is made up. It's like that, but I believe stronger. But PPG actually makes that glass for the airplane windows and stuff like that, which they call Opticore. So that's apparently what it is. That's the material. Interesting, interesting stuff. Uh, anyway, moving on to the second of two IndyCar topics today, because it's been, has it been two weeks or is it, no, yeah, it's been two weeks since we've released a podcast, no, is it three? I can't even keep track, I think it was two. two uh, I think it's two. Since, yeah, two weeks since we've released a podcast, and in that amount of time, you'd say, oh, it's, you know, it's IndyCar's off-season, so there's probably not a lot of news going around in terms of entries or anything, especially for a race in May. Oh, but there is. But you're wrong, because, um... We've had some... We've had some interesting IndyCar entry news lately, and we haven't even gotten to that part. So, Chris, I think yes. you know, you're, there is yes. some good news going on with entries for the 500, buddy. Yeah, I mean, obviously in episode one, uh, we discussed Danica Patrick and the Indy 500 and talking about her possibilities at a ride. I don't think that in that discussion, SPM came up. I don't... Uh, not SPM. Uh, Ed Carpenter, duh. <laughs> <laughs> Like, wait I did, a minute, SP- no. did because it? Because that news back then was she was either going to go to Reinbold or Carpenter, but I did say that I would thought that Reinbold was the definite place, but I was wrong, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> um. But anyway, confirmed for Ed Carpenter racing in the Indianapolis 500. Uh, no confirmation on a number exactly right now, but that should be announced in the coming weeks slash months. We'll see. Um, obviously still sponsored by GoDaddy, just like her Daytona 500 effort, which by the way, this is being filmed a couple hours after the Daytona 500. So yeah, you know, if you haven't watched it yet, spoiler alert, talk about that. doesn't go that well for her. <laughs> just, I didn't even watch the race, but that's besides the point. Anyway. Yeah, I did. <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Danica Patrick's probably the biggest entry for a lot of people. Um, the most exciting news. Uh, for this race, but there me. are a lot of other people who are uh, coming into this race, some first-timers as well. So, Kyle, if you'd like to start us off here, because you are the resident IndyCar expert, uh, just go down a couple names here on who we might see or who we are confirmed to see uh, in a car or bringing as a team to the 500 this year. Ooh, so um, Danica Patrick was, of course, you know, confirmed at Ed Carpenter, and we're all kind of speculating that she's going to be the number 16 because Schmidt Peterson is looking to enter their own car, and Sam Schmidt said that that deal is about 90% done, which, I mean, I guess we can kind of call that, like, half confirmed. Um, because, remember, Schmidt, he has three entries right now, but one is a Michael Shank uh, add-on, and that's Shank's own, you know, tub and chassis and stuff. So that is, like, mostly Shank. So, and before the DDA, you know, Camels uh, stuff went on, which we, is another thing that... You know, don't kind of don't talk about. But uh, at, before that went on, Shane, um, 
Schmidt Peterson, they were going to do their own three car effort. So that's still going to be a thing, apparently, with a number seven car, which is why we think Danica is going to be the 16. Because apparently, Schmidt Peterson, even though he moved Robert Wickens to the six, he instead of 77, he wants to use the seven. So he has five, six, and seven. So there's that. But some drivers that might drive the number seven. Uh, Schmidt Peterson is actually probably the most looked at team in in uh, looking at on who's you know linked to the ride. Um, R.C. Enerson, Juan Pedrahita, those like these are the few guys that are probably less likely. You know, R.C. Enerson, Juan Pedrahita, uh, who's another guy? Uh, there was like some others that were. Let me scroll up here in my little notes. Um, oh yeah, Jay Howard was the biggest name to drive that car. Uh, linked, that are also, these guys are least likely, Mikhail Lotioner, Catherine Ledge. Mikhail freaking Lotion. I want to pause you quickly. I want to pause you because Peterson. this is a point where I remind you, you just said Catherine Ledge, and I just want to correct you. Is it Leg? Well, I mean, that's what I've always called her. That's what I've always is heard everyone leg? else call her. Well, then we're going to say Leg because we feel like it. Anyways. Yeah, that's what I'd hope from the beginning. But anyway, continue on, please. I... I think Jay Howard is the guy that they're that is like half confirmed to be in that car, but there are a lot of names surrounding it. You know, James Davison said in December that he expected to be on the entry list, but wouldn't say a team. So he's also linked to SPM. So Sebastian Saavedra, if he can get Gary Peterson and AFS to uh, hook him up, and he's in he's looking at SPM too. So that's really the ride that I mean I think everyone's looking at because it's probably the best car available now. Because the other car that would be available would be Dale Coyne. A little leeway into talking about them. Uh, Connor Daly is probably the highest likely driver for the Coyne car. Because before uh, the whole Pietro Fittipaldi and Zachary Claim and the Mellow thing came together, Connor Daly was probably the favorite for that ride if he got funding. So if he gets some funding for the 500, he's probably the favorite for Coyne and a fourth car for Coyne. Because I believe Pippa Man is pretty much, you know, that's a done deal by now. So Daly or in that car could be Zachary claiming the mellow if PaySafe can pay up and give him more money for the Indy 500, and PaySafe could have two cars. Uh, but I don't think Coin could get five cars because right now, as it sits, the Honda engine leases would be at 18. I think that's the maximum. But Chevy would be at 16, which could give them some leeway to run some more cars, which is why teams we're why we're looking at teams like Harding Racing or Yunkos run two cars. Connor Daly is also linked to Yunkos because he ran there back in Pro Mazda. He was linked to like a half part-time deal full season. But, I mean, I think a 500 effort for two cars, I think that'd be more ideal for him at Yunkos. Uh, they ran two cars last year, so they can do it at the 500. So we'll see about that. I doubt Yunkos does two cars, but that's it's a possibility. Harding Racing, with how much money that's been going around on how much Harding, how much money Harding has, if they didn't do a second car, that'd be disappointing. Um, I know you, we hear all this, you know, we only want to do a second car if it's right, but, I mean, they could they could do it. Dryan Reinbold, he confirmed that he has two chassis ready to go for May. Uh, Sage Karam is basically confirmed, and I believe J.R. Hildebrand is basically confirmed. But uh, the Dryan Reinbold, they said that uh, they uh, are just waiting to unveil their sponsor. They have a few extra thing details to go through with the sponsors and then they'll be announced. So um, I think last thing would be Rahal Letterman-Lanigan. Uh, Bobby Rahal said that uh, they're going to have three cars in May, and the third one is 
a name that we've heard of before, which is Oriol Servia. Oriol Servia has also been linked to the Schmidt-Peterson ride, but it's more likely that he'll go to uh, Ray Hall because, you know, he ran with him last year, ran with him in, what, 2014? And what year was that? 2015. So I I guess we'd say that that's a pretty good chance. And Ray Hall, they're looking pretty good for May, you know? Ray Hall and Sato and Servia, I think that's a... That is a very experienced lineup, and uh, I mean, I think Andretti Autosport and Ray Hall, and I would say maybe ECR Schmidt are probably the teams that we're gonna be seeing in May d- doing pretty well. Uh, anyone else? Jack Hawksworth has been linked to Schmidt Peterson. There's just a lot of teams that are linked to Schmidt Peterson, um, and the. Lazier Partners Racing, I heard a couple times. Uh, they're once again they're in a may or may not show, but it's it's Lazier Partners Racing. They always seem to show up. So I think that's about it with uh, entries. So right now we're at thirty three confirmed in a possible thirty six in op- optimistic fairy land fairy tale world. We're at thirty six uh, realistically, but still needs some things to happen. Thirty five entries and pretty easily pretty good thirty four and guaranteed thirty three, obviously. So we're in February, and we have 33 entries, folks. So that's me clapping. Good job, IndyCar. Holy shit. What were you talking for? Like a lot of three, talking. Four minutes there? My God. Um, I'm ta- just gonna... I told you, there is a lot of entryless news. I'm going to backtrack you to um, Schmidt-Peterson because you did mention that they have a lot of possibility entries uh, lined up. Um, you only mentioned four or five drivers, but there are more. Uh, with the chance of getting that uh, Schmidt, Pe- that extra Schmidt Peterson car, who do you think has the best options of getting that car come the race day? Mm, probably, I, like I said, probably Jay Howard is the guy that's like a most likely. Like he, I've seen him more places being put in that car, like more news sites. You know, it seems like Jay Howard is the guy that keeps coming up most often. Um, and he did run with him last be, year I, as well. So yeah, he did run with him last year too. Um, who, who was the Lucas Oil was on that car and One Cure, but One Cure didn't One Cure isn't they're the ones that are going to Ray Hall, right? I don't know, but anyways, One Cure was with them, and uh, yeah, but the one I think would be the most interesting entry was would be Jack Hawksworth in that car. He was linked to possibly having a coin ride. He's shown Alexis and Imza that he's you know he's really he was good when he was here. But he's actually gotten a little bit better running the Lexus program over there. So seeing him come back would be cool. Plus getting the two Canadian, two you know British drivers over there at SPM, that'd be kind of neat. Well, I mean, even Jay Howard, too. I just, I miss that. But still, we have two Canadian, two British. That'd be cool. Um, but yeah, I would say Jay Howard's probably most likely. Yeah, I mean, he does have the experience, and he has the maturity, too. He has... Um... You know, I feel like if you throw a young gun in there, obviously they might have the pace. They may be fast, but he has, at the end of the day, he has that uh, experience, and he's been tried, tested, and proven before. Uh, well, maybe not so much last year when he ran the wrong line in turn. Well, you know what? We're not going to talk about that, though. You got taken up by Hunter Ray a little bit. But anyways, <laughs> I and then there's another one I remembered that would, I think, probably be the most interesting and probably the best option. I said Jack Hawksworth, but now I remember this. James Davison doesn't have a ride, and we saw what he could do with Coin. Minus his incident at the end of the race, that kid can drive at Indy. Like, he drove from the back in a Coin car. He, I think I watched this. 
I paid attention to him in the first like what five ten laps he gained he was up from like last to like twenty second he was doing really well in that race, and I would really like to see him come back this year. So should we throw him on the Dale Coin watch list next to Connor Daly? That'd be a good face-off for two uh, drivers competing for a ride. You got Connor Daly and James Davison on the other end. Both of them really fast, really talented, and have a lot of potential. Yeah, I believe James Davison was even like looked at as a full-time ride, which I've said for a few years. If James Davison got a full-time IndyCar ride, watch out. I've seen that kid wheel some GT3 cars around some street courses and probably will challenge him. He is a fighter. Uh, I think the most notable would be, I believe, 2016 or something like that, where he drove for TRG in the Aston Martin, and that's a that's a heavy beast to be putting around a street course. And he was he was going, man. He, that that's probably one of the most fun races I've watched, just because James Davison. That kid can drive. All right, we gotta move on from this um, IndyCar discussion. Get a chance for myself to speak. Which here. we will talk more about IndyCar in the season preview video at some point, which I'll be video. That'll be a sure fun not little. Video. We'll, we'll find the recording, whatever. Recording. But uh, we we'll be doing that It'll about be cool. a month's time, a little bit less, three weeks or so. And I can, I can talk your ear off some more. Yeah, hell yeah. Anyway, WEC press conferences of blip. WEC's press conference was just over a week ago, um, and we got some actually decently surprising, exciting news to come out of that. Um, just reading off a, a website here, just you know, let that be advised. But we have 36 full-time entries and 60 cars running at Lamar with, I was going to say nine cars on the or nine confirmed cars on the reserve list, but. Um, who was it that just pulled their entry? I just saw it a couple days ago. Somebody pulled their entry, and don't worry, I'm looking it up right now, okay? But, um... <laughs> uh, so, 36 cars is record-breaking for the WEC in terms of full-time entries. You're looking at 17 prototypes and 19 GTE cars. Um, obviously, the biggest GTE entry is BMW joining GTE Pro with two M8 GTEs run by BMW Team Mtech. Um, oh, and the team that pulled their reserve entry was IDEX Sport, by the way. Um, and they were on a Ligier, so. Anyway, that's kind of just a little bit random. So I think we have eight confirmed reserve entries, but reserve entries never go that deep anyways. So I don't think that is even worth a major concern. Um, anyway, I mean, 30 prototypes and 30 GT cars at Lamaso perfect even matchup between the two uh lmp1 has um uh, trying to think it was 10 full-time cars i believe is it yep 10 full-time cars um more news to come out of their event is that rebellion has uh they're using the orica r13 chassis with a um gibson or th yeah a gibson powered v8 probably based off the p2 car um, which is actually not that bad a decision because Gibson has proved that they can actually make a decently reliable engine. We saw it at Le Mans and we saw it at the Rolex 24. If there were any reliability issues, they weren't really with a Gibson engine. They were with another component of the car. So I think that they've proven that they're reliable. Um, you know, obviously Rebellion also announced some of their first drivers. They have Andre Lauderer, 
uh, Neil Yanni, Bruno Senna, Matthias Besch, uh, Gustavo Menezes, uh, Thomas Laurent. Uh, I mean, it's they're going to be next to Toyota. I'd say the biggest entry to look at next year because, well, first off, that driver lineup is really, uh, really killer. Orica can make a great chassis, and like I just said, Gibson can make a good, reliable engine. Key part being reliable, not necessarily pointing fingers at Toyota, but I kind of am. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> That's mean. Uh, well, uh, I digress even more. Baikalis Racing is back again next year with their uh, Nismo the uh, ex-LMP1 engine, which I actually have noted over the years was pretty good. It wasn't extremely reliable, but it was a very good power plant. Uh, and sticking with it, they've done some more development in the offseason, and hopefully they can actually uh, possibly, find some pace, or possibly find some pace with that engine next year. Um, they only like, confirmed... Like blow up in like 10 minutes last year? Yeah, well, no, it had some other issues. Uh, but yeah, I retired after like two, three laps, something like that. Um, only confirmed driver for my call right now is Oliver James Webb, and they'll be using the uh, CLM P101 chassis. Um, he likes my photos on Instagram. That's a great this guy. This is correct, yes. Oliver James Webb. <laughs> and I, th I think the funny part is he's actually admitted that he has like a either a bot or a PR guy who does half the liking of the photos. But um, Oh, yeah. heck yeah. That's respect, though, if you can admit it. Those are the best. Those are the best. <laughs> Uh, the next team, and this is going to be, you know, a little bit of a re recollection of my Mobile One Endurance Sim Racing days when we had FDA MCR, which was a combination of a bunch of team names. But uh, Manor next year in LMP1 will be known as C-E-F-C-T-R-S-M Racing. <laughs> uh, can you count? That's oh, eight different letters before the word racing. Um... And I love how the article just states the CEFCTS, a TRSM racing, also known as Manor. <laughs> um, they're confirmed with two Janetta G, uh, G60 LTP1 cars, which is actually somewhat notable because they only planned on having, not really planned them, but they only had one confirmed car before this event, and then they confirmed the second one there. Um, you know, they actually, uh, they're using the Mechachrome engine which i believe it's a v6 uh you know these are the small d yeah i believe it's a twin turbo v6 mechachrome is making based off the i know it's based off the gp2 car which actually might make it a v8 but oh man i love I like twin turbo v6 i love research <laughs> anyway their drivers right now we got uh charlie robertson oliver roland uh, and that's pretty much it. They're running numbers five and six next year. Um, Toyota, Ooh. nothing, uh, no massive news coming out of Toyota. I mean, they got their two confirmed entries. They changed Besides their livery. Besides Fernando Alonso. Yeah, they changed their livery. Right? They got Fernando, no, which is... No major news, but great. they I mean, Well, we already discussed that, though. So, I mean, no major <laughs> news ever since the latest episode. Uh, so, moving on to Dragon Speed. Did we talk... Oh, we did talk about that in the last episode, didn't we? Yes, we did. We just we just didn't talk about Fuji. That's right. Yeah, well, we did, and then we we had some opinions well, about it that we're gonna confirmed. have to discuss later. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah. Dragon Speed bringing the BR Engineering BR One. Uh, they're gonna be powered by a Gibson uh, Gibson engine. 
their drivers right now. They got Hendrick Hedman, Ben Hanley, and Wayne Taylor Racing star Ranger Vandersander, who has proven stateside that he's a really good driver. And actually, I just realized right now that he's going to be one of the drivers who's going to get screwed by Fuji. Um, but again, we're going to talk about that later. <laughs> so, um, And the last team. Good job, WEC. Good job. Last team in uh, um, LMP1 that was announced was uh, SMP Racing. Moving up from LMP2 ranks last year, they're using two BR engineering BR1s, which are also made by Dallara, by the way. Um, but this car, unlike the Dragon Speed, which is using a Genetta engine, SMP Racing is going to be using an AER engine, which is what Rebellion used to use uh, in their R1s. Um, LMP2... You said I talked for a while. Yeah, I mean, but... <laughs> Look, <laughs> I got four classes to go over. I can be here all day. Uh, LMP2, oh not as much to talk about. There's a slight downgrade in cars. But the good news Lobbery. is, yeah, it will Pretty not be a... a pretty much sole Orica championship, even though there was one this year, last year, running a select amount of races. Uh, this year, they have um, TDS Racing. Uh, Dragon Speed is also powering a Gibson-powered Orica in LMP2, which is interesting. Um, you know, we have uh, Labre, like you said, bringing their Ligier with Fernando Rees confirmed, along with uh, two other drivers who I can't remember off the top of my head. I apologize, but uh, Jackie Chan is bringing two more Orcas. They're a team to look out for, a very strong team. Uh, and I believe that actually wraps it up. With uh, oh no, we have um, uh, racing Perfect. team Netherland, but not Netherland, Netherland, um, with a Netherland Dallara. Okay, uh, GT Pro already went over that. Aston has. I also like Dallaras. <laughs> uh, Aston has their new um, AMG powered, which I still find a little bit odd, but I guess it makes sense because AMG makes a good engine. Look at F1 if you want. Um, AMG powered. Uh, new Aston Vantage GTEs, so they're going to have two of those on the grid. BMW already went over. They have the new M8 GTEs. Um, Ferrari is going to have two cars fielded by AF Corsa full-time and uh, one extra one for Le Mans, which we'll, again, get into that in a few seconds here. Uh, and Porsche is going to be running two cars again. Um, and lastly, Ford will be running... They're typical two cars again. But uh, to round out that. Oh, you're talking about full oh, season. Okay. Yeah, I'm talking about full season. Um, I was about to say, I thought Porsche put in four cars. I was like, oh, yeah, full yeah, season. This yeah, is the full season. season. Um, and last, class, Lamar, last class we have to go over here, because I have done a lot of talking here, is GTEM. <laughs> <laughs> this is just. I love how I ridiculed you for talking for so long, and now I'm talking yeah, for this is eight like, minutes this is like or something Car, straight. Yeah, 500 entry list on steroids. What are you talking about? Yeah. You also got to go well, I mean, you got to remember that the Indy 500 is like a really long time away. You're going to be talking for like an hour for that one, but... Um, <laughs> GTM, last year there were six cars full-time. This year there are nine, so it's a little bit of a, an increase, which is wow. always nice to see. Three Ferraris um, running in GTM. You have uh, uh, Spirit of Race, who was last, there last year, Clearwater, 
uh, was there last year. But we also have a new team, MR Racing, uh, which will be fielding their entry. Uh, let's see here. We've got uh, Porsche. They have a couple new cars going on here. Um, Project One Racing will be running a new Porsche RSR with that godly exhaust note. Um, so any amount of Porsches you can find Ooh. on track with that exhaust will be uh, a good thing in this world. Also, <laughs> Dempsey Proton will be running the same car, a uh, new Porsche RSR. Um, Aston Martin, we have two of them. We have the number 90 TF Sport uh, Vantage, which is still going to be last year's Aston Martin. So if you prefer that throaty V8, it is there for you uh, in the GTM class, just not pro anymore. And Aston Martin Racing will be turning, returning again with uh, a V8 Vantage in the hands of Paul Delana, Pedro Lemmy, and Matea, uh, <laughs> yeah, Mateus Lauda. I almost just said Mateus sliced. Anyway, this is what happens when you discuss variety on your. Um... Are you done yet? Yeah, I am actually done. Are you good? If you want to just give is a that few the whole lineup? a few inputs here before I talk about our extra entries for Lamar, at least the headlining okay. extra entries. Well, if anybody else was like me and basically blacked out during some of that and was just sitting there nodding your head, you're like me. Okay, I'm the IndyCar guy. I I I I I, I understand. I'll watch some of it, but if you're like me, you're sitting here nodding your head going, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's why you can hear me in the background saying, yeah, yeah, because I know nothing. I care about Lamont, so get into this, and I, I can I can talk after that. Man says he cares about Lamont, but hasn't watched it like the past two years because he's been out carting. And well, <laughs> I'll pay attention to it. I'll pay attention to see if Corvette does well. Doesn't um... matter what David Land says. The GT category is is going to be the best battle. Is that is that what we would call a headway into discussing GTE <laughs> Pro at Lama? Because let me tell you something, <laughs> sir. Okay, we're going to have seventeen. We're all about leeways. Seventeen <laughs> cars in the uh, GTE Pro uh, Pro class. I cannot talk tonight. Apparently, seventeen cars because we're going to have AF Corsa <laughs> bringing a third car. Ups, that's one Ferrari that's being added for Le Mans. Uh, two Porsches being added for Le Mans as well. And we have two Fords being added to Le Mans as well. Um, and in terms of other entries, you know, Corvette is bringing their typical two cars to Le Mans as well. So that is, um, that's what we've, well, what we're dealing with right there in the GTE Pro class 17 cars. It's going to be really exciting. Um, the largest class in GT Pro. I think it'll be the best class of Le Mans, years. honestly. But um, I just as a Corvette fan, usually when you see Ford like going in with four cars, you're like, wow, everyone else has two, but you have four. But now that like Ferrari's adding three and Porsche's coming in with four, you kind of just look at it and you're like, well, we're outnumbered. But Corvette will prevail. I'm telling you that now. There's mm -hmm. bias on this podcast towards Corvette, and I'm not gonna deny it. <laughs> Good job. Anyway, <laughs> LMP2 will be stepping up um, from seven entries to twenty for Lamar. With you got you know all the um, uh, European Lamar series teams coming in. Uh, just Elms. just an absolute handful of entries. <laughs> um, 
you know, names like United Auto Sport. We've got G Drive. Actually, I want to mention G Drive quickly because they're not contesting the full WEC season, and it's kind of notable because they're one of the more successful teams. Uh, but they're not running the full season this year. Um, they're only running two cars at Le Mans, uh, two Oricas, by the way, which you know, same cars from last year. <sighs> you know, just looking down a couple more teams here, a couple more notable things. Jackie Chan is running four cars at Le Mans, two Oricas and two Ligiers. Uh, the th interesting part, though, is that the way the two Ligiers are there, they're basically Oak, or Oak Racing run cars. So all the team members are all Oak Racing. The cars are owned by Oak Racing. The reason why they're under the Jackie Chan name is because Jackie Chan got four um, invites to Le Mans because of their WEC and Asian Le Mans series efforts. So they basically just said, hey, Oak Racing, you didn't get an invite to Le Mans, but we got two extra ones. So you know what? what? You can run your team, all right? We're just going to put it under our name. You can get your sponsors and everything. Bring them all in. It's just going to be under a Jackie Chan name. So... <laughs> Technically, you've got the two Jota Sport run cars, and you've got the two Oak Racing run cars, and they're all running under a team name that they're actually not. So, that's quite interesting. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah, indeed. I wonder if they'll bring, like, the pink cars again, right? Uh, I doubt it. They'll likely be running Jackie Chan-style liveries with their own sponsors. That would be legit, though. I would like to see the pink cars, though, back. You know, those are pretty nice. But um, no extra LMP1 cars, because it wouldn't make sense, because LMP1's only running WEC, and it's really, really expensive. Um, And lastly, GTM, then, just to end this all off and wake you up from your long 15-minute whatever nap where I've been talking here. Uh, Looking down at the, the entries of extra cars we got... Uh, Ebby Motors, EBI Motors, whatever you want to say, they're running a Porsche 911 RSR. Um, I don't believe they've said it's a current or last gen yet. I may be wrong, but I'm going to say if it's one or the other, it's probably going to be a last generation one because they're going to be cheaper and teams like Dempsey um, and even maybe factory teams, old factory Porsche teams are going to be looking to get rid of those cars. So that would probably be a cheap pickup. Um, we got Jay, no, I already... Yeah, we got JMW Motorsport. They're bringing a 48. Keating Motorsports bringing a 48. Um, Proton Competitions bringing an extra Porsche. I mean, so we've got quite a few cars with quite a few familiar names, even in the GTAM class, which is uh, pretty nice. York Bergmeister, Patrick Long. Um, I mean, yeah, that. Am I, I think the I'm done talking. GTAM class will always kill me, though, because why do you not? Put a GT3 class instead of GTEM. I I will never yeah. know. Whatever. When they like rethink the rules know. and everything. I mean, they don't have a ton of room. That entry list is filled up. So I guess yeah, I guess GT, it's like GTEM cars. Yeah, it's weird. Whatever. But that's that's really all I've got to talk about in terms of cars, which leads us to our last thing, I believe, of this podcast. The meat. The meat of the. However you say that, the meat of the potatoes or whatever. The meat. That didn't make any sense. The meat in, of, of the, the sandwich? Of the sandwich? I don't know. Yeah, the meat of the sandwich. What I else would know. you put meat in if it's not a sandwich? <laughs> I don't know. Well, no, I was thinking like, like okay, like. The meat of the meal, potato right? of all things. You, no. Of all <laughs> things. Hold on, you got like your potatoes and you got like your meat and you got like some 
vegetable. I was thinking like something like that. What society do you live in where you eat meat with your potatoes? But it's like on the. I live in Ohio, dude. (laughs) Maybe like mashed potatoes, but like I'm just thinking like a baked potato. Here, man. Okay. We do weird things in those cornfields. Okay, we put potato meat in potatoes, bro. Hey, as long as you (laughs) serve up that corn. You're all good to go. Yeah, with in the corn, we put corn in our potatoes. Fun fact: Do you do that? No. Or is that us? Oh, no, that's okay. just not a thing. <laughs> can well, we corn get back... inside potatoes? Are good, okay? Can't. I'll have to try it. But can we well. just get off that little quick ramble? Which I'm not going to edit out because <laughs> I've got to prove to people that this there is actually it's a funny gold. side of this <laughs> podcast. Um, so the last big announcement that came out of that event was. Fuji's date change, which is not going over well with 95% of the sports cars and community because it clashes with Petit Le Mans. So that was a very long inhale. So <laughs> um, <laughs> that was the longest inhale one could have. Um, <laughs> pretty much here's the whole deal. Um, Fuji Speedway is owned by Toyota. Uh, Fernando Alonso is running for Toyota. Coda. Coda the same weekend as it used to well, be. Well, yeah, but well, yeah, that's the reason why the date change happened in the first place, but Toyota um or Alonso's driving for Toyota. Toyota owns the track. Toyota kind of has a decent say and also they're the sole um manufacturer at LMP1 team right now, so WC probably doesn't want to piss them off too much. But regardless, is the decision to move the date for a race because of one driver who we can't even guarantee is going to be running the full 2019 segment of the super season because the F1 calendar is not out yet. Um, is it fair to all the other drivers no. who now can't race? Um, I said earlier, Ranger van der Zander, he won't be able to compete. There's a handful of drivers all these drivers that um, are getting affected. I think the smarter thing for well, that could have happened was WEC to either move the weekend up a week or back a week or, or um, you know, or just well actually they couldn't move it. They couldn't move it um, back a week because then it would be clashing with F1 again. Although that would still be better than, than the situation that it's in. I think you know Alonso made the commitment to run in two different series. And he has to uh, deal with this uh, the whole side effects of it. You know, he knew what he was getting into, and he kind of just got a whole break there. And all due respect to Alonzo, he's a fantastic driver. But a whole series where you're looking at um, hundreds of drivers shouldn't be, the decisions really shouldn't be revolving around one guy. Um, absolutely, I think at the fault of the WEC for that decision. Um, like I said before ton of drivers are very uh you know unenthusiastic with this decision as they rightfully should be because they have to now make a decision between effectively a wec championship or uh racing at petit le mans which is a big race first of all and many of them are already locked into petit le mans because they have contracts with teams um so i mean you're pretty much hurting a lot of people's championship hopes here, at least in the drivers' championship, and it's well, and just... you're hurting yourself in terms of, you know, how many people you're getting at the Fuji race, you know, because I think Petit kind of came first in contracts, you know, the way it was set up, so 
because when they first signed the contract, Petit has stayed the same, but Fuji moves. So I would say Petit probably would be, you know, first. It came first on when it was taking place, if anyone's going to drive that race. So I would think more people would go to Petit over Fuji. Yeah. Unless, you know, WC's in this with a bigger team in WC or whatever. I mean, that's the thing. If you want to race Petit Le Mans, or if you have to race Petit Le Mans because you're contracted in already, you're essentially giving up the chance of a WEC driver's championship right then and there because your co-drivers will be out. They'll be racing still. Um, and if they're running a race that you don't run, then they're the ones walking away with the points advantage now because you didn't run a race, so you're not getting points for your portion. So, I mean, they kind of shot themselves in the foot, really. They had a chance to, you know, hurt one All driver's one chances. Driver. You know, they could have hurt one driver's chances. Now you're hurting a handful. So it's just, I hope that they, the backlash on it, at least, I hope that the backlash sort of teaches them a lesson at what stance they need to take in the future. Anyway, I think that's going to be enough to wrap it up for this uh, episode of Rain Race. Uh, We will possibly be back in the middle of the week, the end of the week. I'm not too sure. It now depends on, of course, you know, planning and everything. Um... We may be back later in this week with a special episode with a special person who I'm not going to say at the moment because, again, it's not set in stone yet. But do look forward to that. Subscribe to the channel if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're not, you can still go subscribe because I'm trying to build up a fan base there. Anyway, youtube.com slash C slash deductive rain. Um, or you can check it out on Google Play and iTunes. Uh, anyway, yeah. That's going to wrap it up for this one. I appreciate you all tuning in, if you did make it this far, indeed. And, uh, yeah, see you in the next one.